Just a heads up, y'all, this episode contains mature content and potty mouth language that you might not want your mama or little kids to hear. But the story is a doozy, so you might want to put on headphones or save it for later. Howdy, all y'all podcast listeners. I'm Chris J. And I'm Sarah Abair. Chris and I are so excited to share some news about our next All Y'all Live Storytelling event. So All Y'all Live Going Through It will be held on Saturday, September 28th at LSU Shreveport. We've just launched the Facebook event, which we hope you'll share. And tickets are available now at allyallblog.com slash tickets. This is our sixth annual Fit Into Award fundraiser. In memory of our friend Patrick Long, we give away 100% of the proceeds from these events to an organization or an individual that's fitting to do something wonderful. Proceeds from this event will benefit a to-be-determined cause that provides mental health counseling services for folks who otherwise may not be able to access those kinds of services. We've already been meeting with some storytellers for going through it, and I have to tell you, these are going to be some incredible stories told at this event. And some of you have submitted story pitches through email or by messaging the All Y'all Facebook page, and we wanted to say thank you. And please be patient with us while we follow up with everyone. We'll be in touch soon, we promise. This episode of the All Y'all Podcast is a special one. We've got two stories to celebrate the end of our current season of storytelling podcast episodes. There's an incredible story from Crystal Wilcox recorded back in November of 2016 about her cat Kashmir's unusual funeral. And after Crystal's story, stick around for a short story from Randy Ross that we just recorded live at our July 2019 wildcard event. Maryland's Place is a Creole and Cajun restaurant located at 4041 Fern Avenue, and they're the presenting sponsor of this entire season of All Y'all Podcasts and live events. We could not do this without them. So thank you so much, Maryland's Place. Now let's hear from Crystal Wilcox. Since this episode is really two stories, united by a common theme, we're just calling both of these stories together Cat People. Here's Crystal, recorded live on stage at Remington Suite Hotel and Spa in downtown Shreveport. It was a dark and cold January night. And there I was, laying on my couch, with a dead cat on my chest. It's okay, you can laugh. (laughs) Mama always said, you know, baby, There's some things that you just gotta laugh about. And one of those was when the life of Kashmir, my kitty cat, came to an end. So Kashmir, um, he was special. He was this beautiful white Persian cat. Fancy feast commercial comes to mind, right? Gorgeous white Persian long flowing hair. We all think of that as a really elegant existence, don't we? But this little butthole was red fox incarnate, okay? That was cashmere. Gorgeous on the outside, but on the inside, he was just done with humanity. He ended up being a one-person cat. He chose me. Of all people, there was my brother in the household, my mom. We We were really social people, lots of friends around all the time, but he picked me. And so I was his person. He latched on, and despite his grumpy demeanor, um, he was a very strong personality, and like I said, he was this beautiful regal cat. And I was in high school, and I was kind of wearing Converse shoes and sewing my oats and trying to rebel from halt in high school. 
<laughs> in the country. And so I got into Led Zeppelin. I thought they were the coolest band. Everyone thinks they're the coolest band still. And so Cashmere, one of their best songs, K-A-S-H-M-I-R, you know, it's real strong. I was like, this little asshole cat is definitely personifying the song to me. So I named him Cashmere. And of course, it was this play on this long, white, flowing, beautiful, fancy feast hair. And time went on, and I had Cashmere for almost, or Cashmere had me, rather, for almost 18 years. So this was half of my life. Um, I went to college at Centenary. Um, I got my first apartment. And my mom called me and said, baby, He's packed his bags. <laughs> and, you know, life events happened, and I fell in love, and I broke up, and I met new friends, and I had jobs, and he was there for me. He was, you know, my little man. He was like my little old great uncle, though. You know, some people say that their animals are like their children. I respect that. But for me, he was... He, he was too weird and grumpy and old-souled to be my child. So he was like my little old great uncle. We knew that the time was going to come uh, at some point where I would have to say goodbye. So Kashmir experienced some situations that a lot of cat owners know, which was he had some kidney disease and heart disease. He started to become frail, and he wouldn't eat as much, and... He wouldn't drink as much, and then he would drink too much, and it was just, the time was nearing. And then we got to the point where it was really about to happen, y'all. Like, J Jesus was coming for this cat, or the Grim Reaper, or Led Zeppelin, or whatever. <laughs> Somebody was coming to take this buddy home. We got down to the point where he really wouldn't eat anymore. Cashmere being a curmudgeon little kitty when it came time to try to figure out what to feed him the vet was like well here's a special kidney food and I was like all right we'll see I tried to feed it to him and he wouldn't need it um nothing was working well started to think about his favorite things right you want to give someone who is nearing the end of their life a good quality of life and when I would order Johnny's pizza I would order Johnny's and I would sit on the coffee table and he knew he wasn't allowed on tabletop. He would sort of put his paws up on the table and look over at me and sort of look back and I would be like, what are you thinking? No, sir. Well, as soon as I got up to go to the bathroom or something like that, I would come back and I would find grooves licked in my Johnny's cheese sauce. He was like, manners, manners, buddy. Like, this is cheese sauce. It was his thing. This cat lived for Johnny's Pizza cheese sauce. When it came time for him to go and be with Kitty Jesus, and I wanted to give him a good quality of life, I did what any caring and loving person who had had an animal for 18 years would do. I drove through the Johnny's drive-thru. And my order was weird. They were like, you just need like three or four cups of cheese sauce? <laughs> yes, just three or four cups of cheese sauce. It's coming soon, y'all. And it was a Friday, um, ultimately, that I thought that I was going to have to put him down. Well, our vet 
is in Halton. I'm from Halton. That's where my people are. He would cry all the way to the vet and scream like Cashmere the song. Anytime we had to go to the vet, but that's where we went. So I called the vet and I said, listen, he, his quality of life is not good. I'm going to have to make this decision. My vet wasn't going to be there that Friday. And Cashmere, being a one-person cat, was also a one-vet cat. <laughs> He wasn't going to stand anyone euthanizing him except for the one and only. So we were going to have to wait until Monday. So I got his cheese sauce out, and I get him on the couch with me, and I feed him, you know, hand feed him his cheese sauce. Something's got to, you know. Well, the next day turned out to be Saturday. I didn't leave his side. I couldn't. I knew it was coming. He got to the point, y'all, where he couldn't move at all. He just wanted to be with me. Um, one of the stars of the show tonight, Kristen, happened to come over that day at lunch, and um, she bought me lunch so that I wouldn't have to leave his side. And I'm feeding him his cheese sauce, and Kristen's trying to get me to eat and everything, and he's not moving. And so finally, she's about to leave, and she looks at him, and she goes, all right, listen, buddy, it's Mardi Gras, and I'm going to be at a ball tonight. So if you could just keep your shit together from about maybe 6 p.m. to 4 a.m. and just give me a little time, I promised her that I would put you in the ground. Just keep it together. And I thought, oh, God, that's it. Tonight's the night. And late at night that night, about 1030 or so, his breath started getting short, and I knew it was about to be time. And so I pulled him um, up onto my chest close to me and there it was he took his last one and I had on like a little camisole and I was kind of bare chested and he was just there with me and I've never experienced death and even though it wasn't a human soul I got to be there in this beautiful moment where this little kitty cat left this world and all of a sudden, someone knocks on my door. I go to the door, and it's my friend Megan Colvin. And Megan's like, hey. I'm like, hey, oh yeah, this is weird. She was like, well, Carmela in New Jersey Facebook messaged me and told me that Cashmere died, and you were going to need someone to be here. Then the phone starts ringing. My friend Bianca, um, and then I'm on the phone with Emily, who is one of my greatest friends. Emily's like, well, I guess we need to be there. And I'm like, okay, I have no clue. You know, Kristen's the one who was going to bury the cat. Like, <laughs> who are all you people? She's drunk at a Mardi Gras ball. I'm on the phone with mom. And, you know, so Emily's like, well, Craig's telling us that you need to do something with him now or you've got to put them in the freezer and wait till tomorrow. <laughs> like, what? Craig's her husband, by the way. Craig's been every uh, service position except for the mailman. When it comes to dead bodies, <laughs> knows his stuff. So when Craig says, put the cat in the freezer, or we bury him tonight, we do what Craig says. Well, here's the situation, guys. Unfortunately, also being a Louisiana girl, there's no way the cat's going in the freezer. There's way too much boudin in there. <laughs> Stuff to the gills. I'm not sacrificing pork for a dead cat. 
So I'm like, all right. So I leave him on the couch. The box he's been playing. Everyone who's had a cat knows a cat loves a cardboard box. Well, the box he's been playing in for the past two weeks, little does he know, <laughs> was his coffin. <laughs> so I leave him on the couch with his cardboard box. And then Emily and Craig are taking forever. In fact, I thought it was just going to be Emily. Taking forever to get there. Finally, the door opens, and in teeters on six-inch Louboutin heels, a very short little black cocktail dress, fiery red hair, long legs, smelling of Jim Beam, the Mardi Gras Barbie. I'm like, Kristen, what are you doing here? You were supposed to be at a Mardi Gras at a ball tonight. Well, I told you I'd bury that damn cat. <laughs> so Emily and Craig come in after. I'm like, look at what is going on? What took you so long? They're like, we had to go get her. She was gonna bury the cat. Emily's like, I'm not burying the cat. So I go to hug them and thank them for being there. And Craig's like, no, 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 wait, don't hug me, don't hug me. I'm like, what's going on? He's like, I have the flu. What are you doing here with the flu? Well, apparently, with all of his military training and all that kind of stuff, you don't miss an event to bury a dead body. <laughs> flu <laughs> does not count as a doctor's note. So here we all are. This is my A-team. Like, this is my Mr. T, this is my weird Marvel comic sort of group of people that God has sent me this night, randomly shows up at my house. Megan Colvin, the sweet, precious little girl whose parents have just died two years ago, bless her heart, and is no stranger to death. Bianca McKnight, the strong black attorney woman who is in charge of everything. Emily, who's just trying to get this shit show together. <laughs> Craig, her husband with the flu. And then we've got the drunk Mardi Gras Barbie, Kristen. <laughs> I'm just like, what? So I'm like, he's on the couch. So Kristen and Megan go, they box up the cat, and I call my mother. We're coming to Halton. By this time, it's around 11.30, 12 o'clock at night. My mom's like, all right, come on, baby. I had Jeremy dig a hole. <laughs> Jeremy's her yard guy. <laughs> Jeremy went above and beyond <laughs> the call of duty that week, y'all. We get out to Halton, and about 20 minutes later, we're sitting in the driveway. Finally, Kristen and Craig and Emily show up in their car. Kristen, you know, Mardi Gras Barbie, sort of pours out, and she's got, 20 minutes late, right? She's got a bag of chips and a tall boy in her hands <laughs> in a cocktail dress and six-inch Louboutins. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I said, Give me that beer. She goes, I, I thought you might need a drink. I was, so I'm not going to drink it. I'm going to go pour one out for my homie. So I go to the end of the driveway, and I start to pour one out for my homie. And mom's there waiting in the yard with a shovel in her hand, just in case it needs to be a little deeper. And all of her rings on every single finger. My mother is this gaudy woman from <laughs> 
I said, what are you doing? She goes, well, baby, you know I can't leave the house without my jewelry on. So we're just in the backyard. So there she is. So anyway, it comes time to take the dead cat from the vehicle and put him into the ground. We get the cat, we take him. I'm like, y'all do your thing. This is this bizarre motley crew of people. I'm just gonna go pour one out for the homie at the end of the driveway, pray about it, see what happens. So finally, they're out there. Kristen's kicked the Louboutins off. I've told mom ahead of time, by the way, he was very Southern Baptist. Mama, Kristen is not gonna smell like roses. <laughs> She's been at a Mardi Gras ball and there may have been Jim Beam involved. The next day, well, baby, she didn't. She, it wasn't too bad. <laughs> so Kristen's kicked her Louboutins off. She's ankle deep in mud. Megan Colvin, bless her heart, has stood there <laughs> with my dead cat in her hands. She's the one who knows death the most, unfortunately. Bianca has gotten a glow stick to like start pointing. Craig, who has the flu, has wrapped a towel around his <laughs> bald head because he's freezing and so finally towards the end of the whole situation they get the cat buried and they come and get me and they say don't you want to say a word or two I'm like, okay I'll get you know this is weird but all right so I come up and I'm like what what is going on mama's like baby we had to put your grandmother's wrought iron furniture on top of him because we weren't sure if some sort of critter or something was going to come and run off with him <laughs> Don't worry, we'll put some geraniums in it or something. So here we are, all are, and it's time to circle around. And I look around and I see these people, these random people, again, my Marvel Comics situation of like, this is who God sent me? Okay. <laughs> but they all love me. They all gave up their time. Um, they all came there to be with me in the middle of the night in Houghton, Louisiana on this cold January night to put my dead cat in the ground. And they asked me to say a prayer, and I did. And I thanked God for all of the time that I got to have um, with Kashmir, um, all of the time that he gave to me, all of these wonderful people who had surrounded me and supported me. And that was it, we buried the cat. And to this day, it's really creepy. You know, I practice a lot of yoga. That's one of my big things. Sometimes I'll still see a little white hair on my yoga mat, and I'm like, what on earth? <laughs> or I'll be in the living room, and I will have ordered Johnny's pizza, and I'll hear this little kind of clink. Maybe something fell in the kitchen, but it sounds just like the bell on his collar. And he's still with me every day. Crystal, we're pouring out a little cheese sauce for Kashmir over here at the All Y'all headquarters. Randy Ross, whose name was drawn to tell a story at our recent wildcard event held on July 26, isn't exactly what you'd call a cat person. You may recognize Randy's distinctive Texas twang because Randy has told a story at All Y'all before. You can listen to that story titled The Articulated Dream in our archives at allyallblog.com. And we're going to hear from Randy about why he prefers the company of canines in just a moment. But first, we want to thank our podcast sponsor, MacCentric. Recently, a friend of ours who works from home needed his iMac worked on. He was nervous, understandably, because his entire business lives on that computer. He didn't want to hand over his iMac to just anyone. And that's the thing about MacCentric. 
They're local. They're an Apple premium service provider. They're not a chain that's going to subcontract your machine out to someone else to fix it. When you need your iPhone, iMac, MacBook, or other Apple products serviced, you can trust the team at MacCentric. They're local guys, and the work gets done locally. And now here's our friend Randy Ross making his third appearance on the All Y'all podcast with a short story that he told live on stage at a recent All Y'all Live wildcard event. At wildcard events, storyteller names are drawn from a hat, so you really just never know what's going to happen, and it can get pretty wild. Randy's story begins on New Year's Eve at a performance of the Joe Ely Band in the Austin Opera House. So I was at the Austin Opera House feeling really sorry for myself on New Year's Eve. Um, about to see my favorite musician in the world at the time, but without a date. So I was in the men's room just really bemoaning my fate and I remembered that I had, um, in anticipation of possibly having a date, I had um, two hits of LSD in my wallet. <laughs> and my logic led me to just take both of them since I did not have a date. <laughs> and it was a good night. You know, it was, it was a good night, it was a lot of fun. But at the end of the evening, I'd had a, a friend of mine drop me off because I didn't want to have to run the risk of driving home. Or I am very messed up. I am tripping on LSD, which I would highly recommend it if you haven't. But my internal compass was somewhat skewed by this. And instead of starting to walk back across the river towards the UT neighborhood where I lived, I walked due eastward into the heart of Travis Heights, um, a very nice old residential neighborhood that has winding streets and cul-de-sacs and all kinds of obstacles. <laughs> and so I wandered back in there and I wandered and wandered and wandered. And so I'm wandering around and I realize I'm, I'm lost. I mean, I don't have any kind of, you know, directional compass to really help me at this point. And this cat comes up to me. And the cat comes up and rubs against me. And I said, hey, you know, and the cat, you know, rubs around me some more. And I pet him and, you know, he's really into it. You know, very friendly cat. And then the cat gets up and um, walks across the street and gets to the other curb. And he turns around and looks at me. And I go, oh, okay, this is where you live. So I walk over there and the cat looks at me and I hear him say, this is my house. And I'm nodding my head. It's like, yeah, yeah, I believe you. You know, this looks like your house. <laughs> so the cat, you know, is looking at me and he goes up on the porch. You know, because there's a porch there and everything. So I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. It's your porch. But the cat looks at the door and says, hey, they locked me out. 
and I really understand that. You know. It's like, oh, okay, well, shoot. Let's see what we can do about it. I open, you know, turn the front door, open the door. The cat goes in, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, thanks. I'd love to come in see your house. So I walk in after the cat. And the cat goes down this hall, and I'm kind of like, you know, following him, trying to track him in the dark. He goes all the way to the back of the house. There's like a long hallway. And I see him run ahead, and through the window in the back, I can see his silhouette as he like jumps up on the counter in the kitchen or something at the back end of the house. And I start walking towards him. And then I realize that this was a really, really odd situation to be in. And if I'm forced to describe it, I'm really going to be in trouble. So, you know, I just glimpsed a little reality there just for a split second, just enough to, you know, be very quiet and turn around and backtrack out of the house and close the door and walk down the street and then kind of jog for another block or so to, you know, put a little distance in. But eventually, after this happened, um, it was starting to get light. So I finally, I finally get home walking through downtown. I'm locked out of my house and I have to climb the back fence to, to get in through a side door. And I come over the fence and my housemate's Tommy's uh, German Shepherd Bosco is right there. And Bosco comes up on me and at that point I'm really glad that I would always give him a fajita. I would bring home <laughs> some tacos from work and Bosco always got his so he came up and um, just started licking me. And I think it was at that very moment right there that I became a dog person. Thank you, Randy and Crystal, and rest in peace to Kashmir the Cat. Hopefully there's Johnny's Pizza House cheese sauce in cat heaven. Don't forget to get your tickets for All Y'all Live going through it on September 28th. It's going to be an incredible night of stories. And we'll have live musical interludes, a cash bar, like always. And every dollar of the proceeds will be donated to help folks get access to mental health services. Thanks for listening to All Y'all. And if you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with your friends on social media. If you love what we do and you want to support us, Uh, and you have a moment, please take a second and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Facebook or wherever you can leave us a review. Reviews help new listeners discover what we're up to. And just a note, this is the last episode of our 10-episode season. You even got a bonus episode. We'll be back in two weeks with new installments in our series, Exit Interviews, where I chat with folks who have recently moved out of the region about why they moved, what they missed, and what their time here was like. If you're interested in supporting Exit Interviews, by being a sponsor or just like helping us produce these episodes, reach out to me at hello at allyallblog.com. Thanks, y'all. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Sarah. Thank- hey, thanks, <laughs> thanks, Bowser. And congratulations on a, a, a season. We did a real season this year. We So here's the thing. It, it, knowing that there's one coming every week is pretty cool. That's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. So... Can I ask you something? So our first season was four years long. <laughs> yes. And the second season was like eight weeks. It was it was technically 11 weeks. Okay. I think that's cool. 
We did it. We're unpredictable. You just never know what you're going to get from us. We might over go here right. We might go left. We might, might zigzag. Might zigzag on you. You don't you never know. know. You can't tell. Nope. Wily. Like a, like a wild coyote. Yeah. Dropping acne bombs on roadrunners. <laughs> I think that's enough banter. Oh, sorry. <laughs>